the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business. Getting depressed and all that happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. clip from uh, Charlie Brown Christmas for obvious reasons. It's Christmas time, and you know what? Uh, your kids don't really want uh, bikes and toys and all that stuff. What they want is real estate, especially since there's no Toys R Us anymore, and there's no malls to go to. It's uh, just not the same kind of fun shopping for your kids, so you might as well just uh, uh, instead of getting online at Amazon, get online at uh, you know, Realtor.com or Zillow or something and find, find some real estate. Get involved. I also use that song, Mary Jane's Last Dance from uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, um, because, uh, which I love that song. I never thought I would use it on my show. But if you uh, were recording on Friday and Friday morning, House passes legislation to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. I've seen so much. I have to know I've seen too much. I've, uh, you know what, just... It, I can't believe what next, what next. And, and Nancy Pelosi put this out to the house for, uh, for vote instead of putting out to the house, the uh, COVID relief bill. So she's getting a lot of, uh, she's getting a lot of, uh, of flack from that, from, uh, from everywhere. And, uh, and I just think, I think to myself, you know what, every time for years and years and years, decriminalizing marijuana came up on the California ballot. And every time we voted it down, that the majority of Americans that vote decided that legalizing marijuana was not a good thing. But then lo and behold, it passes. And then it passes in Colorado. Maybe Colorado was first. And then we were then slowly one state at a time. I don't think, uh, I'm starting to wonder if if the 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 general population of California really changed their their view on on uh, weed or did 
Dominion voting machines just get involved. And some and someone was paid off to make it go that way. You know what? After we've seen this, after we've seen uh, this this year's election, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So I'm going to talk about all the stuff that's coming out this week that has come out this week. And uh, and you guys are going to for those of you that don't pay attention. A lot of this stuff you will not know because the uh, general uh, media has tried to keep it down. But you are going to love it. If if you're if you think like me, you're going to love some of this stuff. Anyway, but before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're in, interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are lots of opportunities in that interest rates are low. And actually, during the Christmas season, there's not a lot of competition shopping for houses. Um, so if you if you want to if you want to own a property that you don't already own, or if you want to refinance a property that you already own, or if you want to uh, if you're over 62 and you want to find out about that that reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One more time, uh, day or night, toll free area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to uh, call just yet, let's just kind of stick our toe in the water and see what kind of response we get. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Brian Goodman, Lance Keisha, or Vlad Kinzer. And we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's any part of the show that you want repeated, you can also go to edhoffman.net and uh, click on the podcast page and hear this show as well as several past shows and download them and listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free and uh, have it automatically download to your, uh, your, uh, your droid or your iPhone or your iWatch, your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad, your maxi pad, your puppy pad, your computer, Anything that you can get a podcast on, it'll download automatically. Uh, I record on Fridays. It uploads on, uh, we upload Friday afternoons, and uh, it will get to your device sometime uh, sometime Friday, early evening, typically, and then you hear it on the radio on Saturdays and Sundays. So if you uh, if you want to uh, subscribe, go to iTunes, and uh, there's all kinds of places you can find, find the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Uh, Facebook page on uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And uh, you can also follow me, follow me on parlor at big Ed Hoffman. And uh, if you have comments on the show, email me at, at ed at ed Hoffman.net. All right. So with all that, all that uh, typical stuff, let's talk about what's going on this week. Um, former director of cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, uh, Christopher Krebs was on 60 Minutes this week to defend his claims about election security. Krebs was fired by President Trump via Twitter last month after saying that the U.S. had the most secure election in American history. He started by emphasizing all, all the things that the department did to ensure that no foreign actor could hack our election systems. So we spent something on the order of three and a half years of gaming out every possible scenario for how a foreign actor could interfere with an election. Countless, countless scenarios. So back in 2017, as you're looking ahead to the election in 2018 and then ultimately the election in 2020, you have a to-do list. And the to-do list includes what? Paper ballots. Paper ballots give you the ability to audit, to go back and check the tape and make sure that you got the count right. Yeah, well, if you got the count right. So next, Krebs offered up the hand recount in Georgia as proof that the software's ballot count was accurate. And that tells you what? That tells you that there was no manipulation of the vote on the machine count side. And so that pretty thoroughly, in my opinion, debunks some of these sensational claims out there that I've called nonsense and a hoax, that there is some hacking of these election uh, vendors and their software and their systems across the country. It's, it's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. Except yesterday they found a video from a security camera in Atlanta, Atlanta at the, uh, something center. 
some big arena that they were using in in Atlanta to count votes. Um, and it went, and it said, and it basically showed that at about ten o'clock in the evening um, in Atlanta, they kicked out all the all the uh, uh, election election observers, all the uh, all the all the observers. They were kicked out at ten, although they kept counting votes unobserved until one a.m. And the and the uh, camera showed the workers standing at the scanners waiting. And as soon as everybody left, out come all the out come these boxes from uh, under a table. Well, uh, specifically one, they showed some lady pull one box out and start pulling uh, ballots. We assume. Oh, what's in the box? Yeah. Well, what was in the box? What was in the box? Well, they were they were ballots that were being counted. And you know what? Nobody, nobody knows exactly what's going on because they didn't know the security cameras were on. They just wanted to make sure that the Republican poll watchers were out of there. So, and Krebs wants you to know that if you still think the election was compromised, you're not just insulting him. As you watched Rudy Giuliani's news conference at the Republican National Committee headquarters, what were you thinking? It was upsetting because what I saw was a apparent attempt to undermine confidence in the election, to confuse people, to scare people. It's not me. It's not just CISA. It's the tens of thousands of election workers out there that had been working nonstop, 18-hour days for months. So what about all those election workers? Does that include the ones that testified about all the fraud they witnessed? Attorney General Bill Barr claims the Department of Justice has found no evidence of widespread election fraud, but we don't even know if they deposed any witnesses. You know, it reminds me reminds me of a scene from uh, A Few Good Men. Uh, you probably remember this. Commander, is it possible for a person to have an affliction, some sort of condition, which might also speed up the process of acidosis? Commander, is it possible? It's possible. What might some of those conditions mean? If a person had a coronary disorder or cerebral disorder, the process would be more rapid. Commander, if I had a coronary condition and a perfectly clean rag was placed in my mouth and the rag was accidentally pushed too far down, is it possible that my cells would continue burning sugar after the rag was taken out? It would have to be a very serious condition. Is it possible to have a serious coronary condition where the initial warning signals were so mild as to escape a physician during a routine medical exam? Possibly. There would still be symptoms, though. What kind of symptoms? There are hundreds of... Chest pains? Yes. Shortness of breath? Yes. Fatigue? Of course. Doctor, is this your signature? Yes, it is. This is an order for Private Santiago to be put on restricted duty. Would you read your handwritten remarks at the bottom of the page, please, sir? Initial testing, negative. Patient complains of chest pains, shortness of breath, and fatigue. Restricted from running distances over five miles for one week. Commander, isn't it possible that Santiago had a serious coronary condition? It was that condition and not some mysterious poison that caused the accelerated chemical reaction. No. Is that possible? No. I personally give each man a thorough physical examination. Private Santiago was given a clean bill of health. That's why it had to be poison, right, Commander? Because Lord knows if you put a man with a serious coronary condition on duty with a clean bill of health and that man died from a heart-related incident, you'd have a lot to answer for, wouldn't you, Doctor? Object! Move to strike. Sustained. I have no more questions, Your Honor. Yeah, doesn't that sound kind of familiar? You know, hey, could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be this? Um, you know, I didn't haven't heard anybody bring up the fact that... Uh, some of the whistleblowers, well, some of the whistleblowers said that they can confirm that the voting machines at Dominion were hooked to the Internet. So maybe a foreign actor didn't hack into it, but they wouldn't have had to hack into it if the Dominion uh, company was just online manipulating its own algorithm while, while it was there. Hey, it's hooked to the Internet. I don't think those voting machines are supposed to be hooked to the Internet. They're supposed to be counting what's in there, and then the data is transferred um, but if it's hooked to the internet, then who knows who's going in there? Anybody that has access to that software is in there. 
So, uh, you know what? We haven't, you know, that we, we made sure there was no hacking going on. It didn't need to be hacking. It didn't need to be hacking. Did you, did you make sure that the machines weren't hooked to the internet? Um, no, apparently not. And I guess it's probably hard. It's probably hard to do that because the internet's everywhere now. So it's probably hard to do that, but they made sure that the Republican, uh, uh, the Republican, uh, observers did not have any access to touch any of the equipment to, uh, touch any of the ballots. And they made sure that they kept everything arm's length, six feet apart so that they wouldn't be able to, to check out just about anything. Um, but you know what, there's people that work in there that were actually, uh, saw stuff that they know. So uh, this week, Trump's legal team assembled lots of witnesses at a hearing in Arlington, Virginia, to testify about the fraud they saw while working on Election Day. Let's uh, First, let's hear from four different people who witnessed fraud at polling centers in Detroit. I found it highly unusual that every military ballot that was logged into the system had a birth date of January 1st, 1900. Not one of the military ballots was a registered voter, um, and the ballots looked like they were all exactly the same Xerox copies of the ballot. They were all for Biden across the board. There wasn't a single Trump vote, and none of the, the voters were registered. They had to manually enter the names and addresses at a birth date of 1-1-2020, which would override the system and allow them to enter non-registered voters, of which I saw several that day. I also saw the, the ballots being dropped off about, I don't know, 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was actually standing next to the lead attorney, and we were all talking about why are these ballots showing up as late as they did. I witnessed the room erupt in thunderous applause and derogatory cheering as Republican poll workers were picked off one by one and ejected from the room repeatedly by police escort throughout the day. Yeah, you can barely find any coverage of this hearing because uh, Google has made it invisible. Only way anyone uh, knew about this is if you saw it on Fox, mostly on Hannity or Newsmax with Stinchfield. Um, I would, I'm not sure if uh, C-SPAN showed it. I'm not sure how in the tank for the, for the Democrats they are. I would suspect this would be important enough to show on C-SPAN, but uh, I'm not sure if C-SPAN is a... Uh, is, uh, is is uh, influenced by uh what it's by what what the news is or what the what the hearing is about like msnbc and cnn and most of the network news but you know it's peculiar all these military ballots that came in not registered to vote they're they're in the army or the air force and the navy or the marines they're not registered to vote i find that highly highly uh, unusual and uh, I also, also from the military people I know, the military people love Trump. They love Trump because they were used to Barack Obama, who didn't, who didn't give a crap about him. And Trump actually treats them with respect, has, has reformed the VA, and the, the military guys love Trump. And I have a hard time thinking that none of those military ballots voted for Trump. They're all for Biden. I just find I have to call BS on that one. And uh, all these ballots came in at between 3.30 and 4. I would expect the most important absentee ballots are the ones from our military that are deployed out fighting somewhere. And I would imagine their commanding officers made sure they got them in on time. So they should have been waiting there before Election Day got there. I'm going to call BS on this whole thing. Now let's hear from Jesse Morgan, a truck driver with a uh, U.S. Postal Service subcontractor. Jesse got suspicious of his cargo load of 300,000 ballots. Once he was asked to drive it overnight from Bethpage, New York, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hmm. I know I saw ballots with return addresses filled out. Thousands of them. Thousands. Loaded onto my trailer in New York and headed for Pennsylvania. But as things became weirder, I got to thinking and wondered why I was driving complete ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I didn't know. I didn't know why, so I decided to speak up. And that's what I'm doing today. Yeah, why would uh, 300,000 ballots? And he said there was 24 pallets of, vote, of votes there. So somehow they computed that to 300,000 ballots or 288,000. 
which represents about four and a half percent of all the voters in Pennsylvania. So four and a half percent can swing a vote pretty significantly. And uh, so he he uh, brings the uh, the stuff in uh, from from New York. And why would votes from uh, absentee mail in votes from Pennsylvania? Why would they be in New York? Hmm. Peculiar. I don't know if that's uh, makes sense to me. I know my mail in vote. Uh, the return address was the registrar voters in uh, in in uh, I guess it's Riverside, but I call it Marino Valley because it's off Day Street. And I know one side of the street is Riverside and one side is uh, Marino Valley, but uh, where the Riverside County uh, registrar voters is over there. And uh, you would think. You would think that if you're a Pennsylvania resident, that your uh, your mail in ballot would go back to Pennsylvania, wouldn't you? So uh, I don't know. Three hundred thousand ballots. Uh, I think it uh, seems peculiar to me. And uh, and then when, apparently when he came back, they told him to leave his trailer uh, at that place. And then when he came back in the morning, the trailer was gone. So, hey, just leave it there and come back in the morning. And the, in the morning, it had already been moved. So they did something with it. So uh, next is Ethan Pease, a kid working for the U.S. Postal Service in Wisconsin. Ethan says he doesn't like Biden or Trump, but he's speaking out about the fraud he witnessed on election night that an order came down from the Wisconsin, Illinois chapter of USPS that 100,000 ballots were missing. Monte then told me that his post office had dispatched employees to look for the missing ballots around 4 a.m. and that only seven or eight were found at UMS. Based on my previous experience and habit of double checking for ballots, I believe that to be a lie. I had a conversation with a different USPS employee named Rachel in which she admitted that USPS employees were ordered to backdate ballots that were received too late to be lawfully counted. I didn't bring any of this to the attention of my supervisors at USPS at the time due to what I perceived to be their hostility towards President Donald Trump. Something profoundly wrong occurred in Wisconsin during the presidential election, and the American people have a right to know about it. Yeah, thank God for these few people that actually see something and say something. If you'll remember the... uh the uh, the big shooting in December of 2015, um, when uh, the the two Muslims that the neighbors thought were something peculiar, but they didn't want to call, they didn't want to say anything to anybody because they didn't want to be called racist. And uh, eventually, uh, those two two uh, uh, family members walked into a big Christmas uh, uh, luncheon that was happening for workers of San Bernardino County and uh, shot up a bunch of people and. And, uh, you know, it was the next day when I applied for my CCW because it happened about, I don't know, five miles or less from the radio show, radio station where we were recording my show that day. Uh, So that's why I carry now. But you know what? If you see something, say something or otherwise stuff gets away is uh, gotten away with. And uh, thank God for all these whistleblowers. Let's talk to the next one back in Detroit. Here's Christina Caramo who was working uh, with the ad, uh, at the adjudication table on election night where votes that are hard to distinguish are given a second look. At the adjudication table, a ballot came up and it was straight party. The person had voted for straight party Democrat and straight party Republican. And the important part is they were filled in circles. So that's an intentional mark. So like at the adjudication table, if there's some kind of inconsistency, say the person voted for more than they were supposed to for that particular race, or they didn't make it clear or was a mark, that's where they try to figure it out. Well, with the filled in circle, that's an intentional mark. The person didn't make any other votes for, say, judges, proposals, nothing else. And the poll worker just was like, I'm going to give it to the Democrats. And so I'm like, no, that ballot should be tossed out. And this person had previously given a vote to Joe Biden where a, a voter had voted for Joe Biden and the Green Party candidate for president. And she had given it to Joe Biden. So that's what alerted and heightened my attention. And so then after that, I went to go get her supervisor and her supervisor defers to her and asked the girl, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm disgusting. Like, what does she think? It doesn't matter. The ballot should be tossed out. And so I go get the guy who um, was overseeing the 10 p.m. to 5 absentee counting process and he does the exact same thing and asked the girl what does she think and so I just simply asked the question I said well why not give it to the Republican over the Democrat and he begins to scream at me and tells her to push it through he just me and him have this big argument and I'm like no I want to challenge this battle he's like you can do what you want he was extremely nasty extremely rude and he just committed open fraud in my face and told her to push the ballot through which she gave an illegal vote to Joe Biden you know this is the kind of stuff that goes on 
in companies where you're worried about getting fired. Um, but this is this is a public election. This is a federal election. And this is the kind of stuff that uh, if somebody doesn't say something, you know, I'm glad these people had the guts to say something because I'm sure as they're coming out as whistleblowers, they're getting a lot of unhappy friends that are uh, threatening them and calling them names. And, and I'm sure it's not pleasant for them. But uh, I tell you, all you whistleblowers that we just heard, I salute you. And, uh, you know, God bless America that we have have uh, more people than me that are speaking out. Hey, anyway, I'm a lot of time for this half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes, weather, traffic, uh, commercials and sports. And we'll be right back with the rest of what's going on this week. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9221, Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on this show, uh, but I will tell you that interest rates are great. If you if you uh, own a piece of property you'd like to refinance, or if you have a piece of property you'd like to own that you don't already own, if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. I also want to point out a couple of people have uh, reached out and asked about um, this thing that Bill O'Reilly's advertising and a few other people are advertising title lock, um, where they protect you from having someone, uh, get a copy of your deed of trust, copying your signature and recording a deed against your property so that you find, I mean, I heard about these, this about, you know, six months or a year ago when, when, uh, O'Reilly started advertising it and now I'd see it on TV and I see it all over the place. Um, I've said it before. Um, but just in case uh, some of you apparently would like to hear my my opinion on it. In San Bernardino and, and Riverside County, every time something's re, uh, recorded against your property, the, the county recorder sends you a copy of it. So if you refinance your house, if you uh, grant deed a house that you're selling, anything that gets recorded on a house that you own, they send you a copy of the deed and say, hey, just so you know, this was recorded against your property. If this is improper, you need to to know this is going on and, uh, and uh, contact us or, you know, contact the authorities. And, you know, when, when I sell a house or if I uh, a refinance house, I just, you know, I look at it and go, hey, I know about that and I just shred it. Um, but they do that. I don't know that every county does that, but I think what you're seeing on TV is scare tactics, scaring you into paying a hundred dollars a month or a hundred or, you know, $500 a year or something, whatever they charge for that. I will tell you that if you have LifeLock, which is credit monitoring. Um, LifeLock emerged with uh, with Norton uh, antivirus, and uh, and I just got a notice from them that they they're doing title title lock as well, and it's free. It's free added. You know you know why they added in and add that into what they that what they watch for you, and not just your credit, and not just this, not just that. They're actually watching titles on properties that that you own. Why did they do that for free? because that's about what it's worth. So it's public records. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I think Bill O'Reilly should be ashamed. Well, you know what? Uh, I had this happen by a friend. Yeah, BS. I don't think this happens that often. And if it does, um, we got evicted from our house because somebody sold it. We didn't sell it, but somebody sold it to somebody else. I think that I don't think you end up getting kicked out. I think you get a lawyer and uh, somebody goes to jail at some point. Um, not hard to, not hard to trace that down because everything, everything that gets signed 
gets notarized and every person that gets no that every person everything that's notarized has that notary stamp and someone's gonna someone's gonna squeal i don't think title lock is a is a is a valid product but i subscribe to lifelock because uh credit hacking is real and uh you get the life the title stuff with it so anyway just thought i'd uh give you my opinion on that um, is now a great time to refinance? Absolutely. Is now a great time to buy specifically right now between now and Christmas when everyone's kind of focused in on, on Christmas and, uh, you know, and COVID lockdowns and all this stuff, you know, it, it, it amazes to me, it amazes me that, um, in the last two years, since Gavin Newsom's been in, in, uh, in the governor's mansion, that instead of doing what Trump suggested he do, like clear all the, all the dead trees to avoid having uh, brush fires this year and to uh, work with Edison to get all those overhead, over, uh, over, overhead uh, electrical lines and put them underground like they are in most of the new neighborhoods. Why didn't they do that instead of, instead he's focused on nothing more, but taking care of illegal aliens, making sure they have free stuff, making sure they have free medical, making sure, you know, taking care of our tax money in a really good way. But I can tell you that uh, Don and I had our electricity turned off um, without any notes. Oh, this was a planned shutout. Yeah, you planned it. You didn't tell any of us you planned it. And, uh, you know, it's it's cold and there's no electricity. And, you and you're, of course, because high winds, you're not supposed to have a fire in your fireplace. So I just think it's BS. And between the lockdowns, the, the, the shutdowns of the electricity, uh, can you believe, can you feel any more like, like a sheep there we're just sheep and we're just going where everybody where everybody tells us to go and at some point we got to stand up and say hey you know what give me liberty or give me death and let's put some muscle behind that and uh you know what in in uh there's strength in numbers and i think there's a, a whole bunch of us that are just just had enough enough of the shutdowns enough of the government telling us what to do this is where we're going folks Hey, we created a, a a flu virus, and it's the flu, and we're going to make sure your kids don't go to school, and you're not able to go to restaurants, and restaurants are have to shut down, and gyms have to shut down, and churches can't have stuff, but we'll keep the weed shops open, and we'll keep Home Depot open. I just think, you know what? Enough is enough. I hope everybody just says, hey, screw you. I'm staying open, and uh, and I've heard of some restaurants out there that if you call them, if you call them, They'll tell you that they're not having in, indoor seating, but if you just show up there, they are. So I give uh, support to all those guys that are going to have a, uh, a, a peaceful, nonviolent um, protest by keeping their businesses open because they shouldn't have to shut them down. So anyway, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. I'm not, though. So we've been talking about in the first half, we've been talking about all the fraud and the whistleblowers that are coming out. So uh, if the DOJ, if the Department of Justice is done investigating as Bill Barr claims, then why is the FBI still using voter fraud information collected by the Amistad Project? The nonprofit, well, I don't know. Did, did Bill Barr actually say that it was over? Or did he just uh, say they haven't seen any evidence yet? I'm not sure, but the nonprofit's direct, the nonprofit's director, Philip Kane, former attorney general for the state of Kansas, says they've collected blood in the street, evidence a crime was committed, and the FBI is taking it seriously. Looking at Arizona, 75,000 Republicans, it's estimated, we've contacted and called thousands of them, 75,000 Republicans voted, but their vote wasn't counted. Additionally, over 204,000 Republicans had their ballots requested by other people other than themselves. And we go through all of these categories, and in each and every major swing state, we're talking of far more ballots involved than the margin of victory. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's peculiar that in all the swing states, You've got uh, from, from, I think it was Wisconsin or, or Michigan, they were showing every single county in that whole state, except for the main, like it, whether it was uh, Wayne County in Michigan, I think that's Detroit, or uh, Milwaukee, 
So every every county in those states went Republican except for that one. And it went so big to the uh, Democrat in that one county, it turned the whole state around. I have to call BS on that because you know what, although, uh, although uh, I looked at the state of Montana and every, the whole state of Montana went uh, red with the exception of Gallatin County, which is actually the place that uh, Don and I were thinking about buying a place, um, which is uh, Bozeman, Bozeman, Belgrade down there in uh, uh, Western, Southwestern uh, Montana that went blue because there's a big university of Montana there. So the kids go there, but Certainly one county isn't, doesn't go that heavy that it turns over the whole state. But, of course, in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and, and uh, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, that happened. Hmm, that's peculiar to me. He also has info on big tech's role in rigging the election and how the Supreme Court is the only way to fight it. Mark Zuckerberg poured in $400 million into this election matching the federal government expenditure. And through his charities, they paid the election judges. They paid the people who boarded up the windows. They bought the machines. And America was kicked out of the counting room and a billionaire invited in in all of these swing state urban core cities. They dictated to the city of Philadelphia the number of polling places they would have. They dictated to the city of Philadelphia who would staff those polling places. They said that they would pay the salaries of these persons and that they would pay the machine by the machines. And if Philadelphia didn't achieve those goals, they pull all their money back. Because of all this private money, we treated Democrat voters differently than we treated Republican voters. That is a classic, what you call violation of equal protection, a violation of Bush v. Gore, and the Supreme Court ought to hear that case, and they ought to, they ought to not, uh, they ought to refuse to accept this election. Is it amazing how many people have a price? You know, everybody's got a price that they could, uh, that you could buy them for. And, uh, and apparently some people will, will, uh, sacrifice their character and their, uh, and their ethics for some money. And well, Hey, for the city of Pennsylvania, for a Philadelphia, Hey, we're going to put up this money, but we will, we'll pay for the rental on the places like the arenas where we're going to have counting and we're going to have, uh, we'll pay for the drop off places so you can, where you can drop off your votes and we're going to pay for the staffing on all these places. So, so the city doesn't have to pay for that. We'll do that for you and to make sure that, and we'll also buy the dominion machines. We'll pay all that stuff. So the state doesn't have to pay for it under these conditions. It's uh it's amazing to me that, you know, cause I, cause I'm looking at, at all this stuff and Don and I are going, how come there's no, how come these things are all run by Democrats? How come Republicans don't have a chance to run any of these run any of these things? How come there's no Republicans involved here, and uh, other than the observers, and the observers are being bullied out by the even the security guards in there uh, are uh, pushing them out. What is what is the deal here? It doesn't make doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't seem like America. So he also he also makes a comment uh, that Zuckerberg's through his charity. So. What he calls a charity is a is a, is a five hundred one c three, but it's the Center for Tech and Civil Life, five hundred one c three, meaning that you can uh, you can get a tax deduction for paying money to it. So, for example, so I have this five hundred one c three WCC charities um, that we used as a WCC Wholesale Capital Corporation. We were doing charity events. So, when I write a check to the Trump campaign or to Aja Smith's campaign or to Agnes Gibney's campaign or to Joe Collins campaign or any other, other uh, political uh, campaigns that I donated to, those are not tax deductible. Those are just gifts for me. I don't get to write them off my taxes, but had I written the checks to WCC charities and had the, the charity write those checks to the campaigns, they become tax deductible for me. That may be a smart way to smart way to tax plan, but it's illegal. So I don't have a price on I don't have a price that I can be bought for. So I do I do what's right. And when I donated to political organizations, I donate I donated and it was just not a tax deduction. When I when I donate to charity or the church or any of that, I get a tax tax deduction for it. So um, the Center for Tech and Civil Life it funnels money to Democrat organizations, of course. Zuckerberg and his wife 
uh, gave them $350 million, supposedly, to help properly handle the election and the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, how does this, how does this, how does this seem fair? You know, this, this 501c3, you know, you get, you get the 501c3 designation so that you're, so you don't have to pay taxes, but you still get to spend money on anything you want. But for WCC charities, we did events and we supported uh, veterans, veterans, uh, uh, you know, the Gary Sinise Foundation, the Independence Fund, um, the boot campaign. We remodeled the the VFW in Moreno Valley. We uh, we supported uh, foster kids uh, for Christmas. We did all this stuff because it's charity. We're helping out people that are that are less fortunate, and uh, and we're doing it doing it out of the uh, through an organization, and we get a tax deduction for it because that's what it legitimately is. Uh, just making sure that the that the the Democrats win the win the campaign. I don't see how that uh, qualifies them as a 501c3. Um, and in addition, let's compare this to what happened with Dinesh D'Souza. So Dinesh D'Souza went to went to uh, jail for how long? Six months. He had to do uh, he had to do uh, go in nights and weekends, uh, and he could go to work, and then he had to go go back to the to the jail in San Diego um, because he donated twenty thousand dollars to a friend of his that was running for city council or Congress, something. She didn't win, but apparently at the time, the limit was 10000 So he, he donated $10,000 to her, and they gave $10,000 to a friend so that that friend could donate $10,000 to her, and he got caught. And they put him in jail. Does it sound like a, sound like a double standard here? Does it sound like there's two sets of laws? You know, if you're helping the, if you're helping the, the Democrats, then that's okay. That's okay to do fraud. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, I don't know if his friend was a Republican or a Democrat, but remember Dinesh D'Souza had come out with that, uh, with that documentary called 2016 Obama's America to warn people that if we reelected him in 2012, what it was going to look like in 2016. Um, so maybe if you insult someone in the Democrat party, that makes you a target of some of these things, but I just don't see where, where that's uh, where that's fair. So uh, in a 45 minute speech from the White House uh, posted on social media, President Trump made a very good point. There's a reason Joe Biden didn't have to campaign for months leading up to the presidential election. We were warned that we should not declare a premature victory. We were told repeatedly that it would take weeks, if not months, to determine the winner, to count the absentee ballots and to verify the results. My opponent was told to stay away from the election. Don't campaign. We don't need you. We've got it. This election is done. In fact, they were acting like they already knew what the outcome was going to be. They had it covered. Yeah, I have to uh, I have to agree with about everything that Trump said in that 45 minute video. And he went went on. I watched the whole 45 minutes. Um, of course, we didn't have any electricity, so uh, what else could I watch? I was, I said, hey, I wanted to watch this video. I'd seen some little clips of it, but uh, my daughter-in-law had uh, texted it to us in case we didn't see it on Instagram or uh, wherever, he, wherever he posted it um, on Twitter. And so we watched the whole thing, and I agree with everything you can. And this is not about Trump. This is about America. We can't let this election go down like this because it means it's the end of America as we know it. Well, you know, it's going to be okay. Hey, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because I'm going to completely change my uh, my mode and I'm just going to I'm going to just go along with things and I'm going to take advantage of opportunities and uh I'm going to get mine and make sure my family's taken care of. But you know what? That's not who I am. It's not who America is and we shouldn't let uh these democrat uh deviants Take this, take this thing away from us. Um, you know what? Uh, we watched those Black Lives Matter uh, uh, protests and all. Hey, the people are up, uprising. I have a, I have a client who was actually embedded with the Black Lives Matter, uh, and he's a detective. And he was embedded. And he said, "Hey, you know what? He's he's a big, tall black guy, and he's uh, was embedded with the Black Lives Matter protests." And he said that somebody's paying for this because for every, there's like one supervisor for every four people and the other four people go, what do we do? What do we do? What are we supposed to do? Cause they're getting paid. 
they're getting paid and they would drop rocks and bricks and bats and stuff along the their marching route to, to support this. These guys weren't protesters. They were just being paid to show up. Well, you know, the com- companies, the, the country's in an uprise. They're, they're mad about all this stuff. No, they're not. That's just what they want you to think. Let's continue. Let's talk about uh, while the Trump team team continues to uh, prove there was indeed widespread election fraud. Democrats are moving full speed ahead with the Biden-Harris transition as if there's nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. We're taking over January 20th. And they're just so excited about all the diversity that he's bringing to the White House. I don't remember a cabinet or a senior appointments that are this diverse. Uh, I, I suspect he may well have one of the most diverse Uh, cabinets in the history of this country. The most diverse staff that uh, a transition has ever had. He promised the most diverse cabinet uh, in history. The most diverse ever assembled. And it could be the most diverse ever. Assembling what is essentially the most diverse cabinet in history. President-elect Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris have the most diverse and competent team a president and a vice president could possibly have. Well, you know what? It, it, they're all excited about it being so diverse. You know what that means? You know, there's uh, no white men in it, and uh, so uh, you know, isn't, isn't it supposed to be the most? He should have the most competent cabinet ever. The most they have the best person for the for the Treasury Department, the best person in the Department of Defense, uh, the best person to run each and every every area there. And instead, they're all they care about is it's diverse, diverse. So. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, it must be a great honor for Kamala Harris to be selected as as for the vice president because her and Biden sure weren't seeing eye to eye in the primaries, and the voters didn't seem to like her uh, as a candidate for president because she quit before they even got to the uh, the first primary. And but somehow, you know, he promised he was going to have a woman of color as his vice president. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm selected as the vice president because I'm the female and I'm black. Um, even I'm, I even question is she really black? Um, so anyway, uh, it's just amazing to me the the hey, it's so diverse. It's so diverse. I'm more concerned with is it is it competent? One of those cabinet appointments is Janet Yellen, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve under Obama. Um, so she was uh, she was in charge charge of make of deciding whether they're going to raise rates or lower rates and try to keep things under control uh clearly didn't have a uh, uh a really good grip on on how things work now biden wants to appoint her as the secretary of treasury here's yellen this week at one of those office of the president elect briefings that nobody cares about we risk missing the obligation to address deeper structural problems inequality stagnant wages racial disparities in pay, job opportunities, housing, food security, and small business lending that deny wealth building to communities of color. Gender disparities that keep women out of the workforce and keep our economy from running at full force. It's a convergence of tragedies. Well, you know what, Janet, I just don't think that you get how the how the economy works. And I think this is one of Trump's strengths that, you know, the, the department of the treasury doesn't, doesn't decide how to create equality and uh, stagnant wages. You know what, you know what, uh, you know what creates uh, equality and stagnant wages, hard work and opportunity created by corporations. And you know how you get corporations to do that is you get out of their way. You reduce taxes, you reduce regulations, and let the people that create jobs, the government does not create jobs, um, let the people that do create jobs make some money. Give them incentive to to expand and do well. Give them ex- incentive to be inventive and be, uh, and be entrepreneurs, and that brings opportunities to the people. And whether they're white or black or women or men, you know what, let's, let's teach parents. Let's teach parents to stop telling their kids to make excuses, uh, to use the color of their skin as an excuse or, you know, where they grew up as an excuse or, hey, my parents didn't have any money. So that's the reason that I'm not doing better. Hey, my parents didn't have any money and I'm doing great. Um, You know, it's it's uh, 
I grew up with, Hey, nothing can stop me. I'm the, uh, I'm the, I'm, I can be whatever I want to be. And my parents didn't have any money. I lived in the house that no one wanted to admit they lived in. And, uh, you know, I'm walking down the street and someone's driving by that maybe didn't know I lived there. I just keep walking until they were out of weight. And then I'd go back. Um, and I just did everything. I tried to be everything my dad wasn't because I didn't want to be like him. Not instead of saying, oh, I'm just, my parents don't have money to send me to college. And, and my parents don't have this, don't have that. So I guess I'm going to be a loser like them too. You know what? We need to change that attitude. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's finish up this uh, last couple of minutes of the show. Let's close with this uh, statement from uh, the office of the president-elect which there actually is no such thing as. And uh, well, here's, here's Biden making this peculiar statement to Jake Tapper. If, if, if I read something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Yeah, can you believe he just said that out loud? Come on. Come on, man. You know what? What, what are you thinking? Uh, we all know that he's got dementia. We all know he's in early stages of Alzheimer's disease. We know he's incompetent. We know that you can watch by the way he walks with his wife. You know, when uh, Don and I walk and uh, I hold out my arm and she grabs my arm and I kind of guy, I'm, I'm the, I'm the man of the house and I'm leading her. And, uh, and that's how gentlemen take care of their wives with Joe and Jill Biden. You'll notice that Jill leads and Biden holds her arm like he like she's the man, he's the woman. So you know what? This and that's probably because he can't walk very good, and he can't. Uh, you know, I, I want to see that push up contest he keeps uh, offering to go toe to toe with people at. Hey, so anyway, uh, folks out there, we got uh, three weeks till Christmas. Um, try to keep your sanity, keep your hope. I'm hearing there's going to be some big, big news next Friday coming up. Uh, I didn't want to say anything about it today because uh, I want to see it materialized. But next Friday, this uh, is potentially big, big blockbuster headlines. Um, we'll talk more about it next week, even if it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I'm sure I'll, I'll know more by then. Anyway, uh, get out there. Have a great Christmas uh, shopping season in front of your computer because you're not allowed to go shopping. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. Opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer.